Hi everyone, my name is Melissa Lee and I'm your health coach who targets women with PCOS and women in general who wants to achieve stubborn weight loss. I do my best work when I work with PCOS urban women in their 30s who are embarrassed about their weight but want to feel comfortable in their bodies and are able to lose stubborn weight naturally. In this podcast, we talk about various topics including why stubborn weight loss is so hard to achieve. If this is you, definitely put this in your podcast list because one episode will be released every single week. Hi everyone, today I would like to introduce you to Amy Madling, author of Healing PCOS, certified health coach and founder of PCOS Diva. She gives tons of information through her website and empower PCOS women around the world, also known as divas, to use their diagnosis to transform their lives and achieve their goals. I, fa- I first found Amy through her PCOS Diva podcast and found it really insightful, especially relating to PCOS. She's definitely my inspiration, my role model as a coach as well, and hopefully this episode will bring empowerment to you. So welcome, Amy. Oh, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for such a uh, warm welcome. <laughs> it's very exciting for me. I love talking to people who are very, um, you know, who are honestly opening, sharing about their stories, and I can't wait to get started. So. Uh, the first thing I would like to ask you is how did you actually start to shift from feeling whatever you're feeling with your PCOS diagnosis to a more kind of empowerment mindset? Yeah, that's that's a really good question because I truly believe, and I bet you see this in your work as a coach, that it's really hard to change lifestyle factors like um, what you're eating and how you're moving your body until you really change the way that you think about yourself and um, your illness uh, or your your health condition and and chronic health condition. In this case, for me, it was my PCOS. Um, For me, I'm... when I had to make that mindset shift, I had two young little boys. They were um, you know, three years old and one years old and um, a husband. And I was taking care of, of everyone um, and the house and you know everything that comes along with mothering two little boys. But I was, was literally the last person on my list. And... Uh, everybody suffered for that. (laughs) And so the mindset shift of finally realizing that I had to start taking better care of myself and putting myself further up on top of my list of things to do was a huge mindset shift for me that allowed me to create a healthier lifestyle, which then in turn helped me manage my PCOS symptoms. And it didn't happen overnight. It was definitely a journey. But one day, my husband had taken my boys and I out to dinner at a steakhouse. And I was being very articulate and deliberate about what I was ordering, you know, in a nice way. But Um, I realized that I needed food that was gluten-free and dairy-free and free of, um, you know, omega-6 fats. And so I was being very uh, 
articulate about what I wanted um, with the waitress. And when the waitress left the table, my husband turned to me and said, gosh, when have you become such a diva? And that was such an aha moment for me. You know, at first I was a little taken back and a little insulted, but then I thought, you know what? I need to be a diva because this is how I uh, can feel better. You know, when I'm very conscious um, and making sure that I'm advocating for for myself and and my care, and that really uh, was a huge shift for me. And so I really encourage people or, or women with PCOS to be PCOS divas and make sure that they're putting themselves you know, first on the list and that they're advocating with their families, their friends, their doctors to make sure that they're getting what they need in, in order to heal. Nice. So it does, it sounds like being a PCOS diva is just really doing all the small things to kind of prioritize yourself first so that, uh, you know, the people around you don't kind of suffer. Um, and I love that. I love that you took like, you took it as an empowerment piece and, mm-hmm. um, some people wouldn't be able to see that, you know, and even for me, myself, sometimes I do feel like I want to ask about like the cooking oils that, you know, some places use, but then I don't. So I feel like when you brought up the whole part about being, um, specific about what you're putting in your mouth, it's very empowering for me. Yeah, and I, I think it's, um, it is empowerment. It's taking charge of your health and happiness and taking steps every day to do that. You know, and it's, I think when somebody thinks about lifestyle change, they think that they need to make all of these changes overnight. But I think it's these small little uh, consistent changes taken over time that creates that healthy lifestyle. So, you know, just the the fact of, you know, making sure what oils your food is being cooked in and making sure that, you know, you're using um, healthy fat at home every time you make a meal. Mm-hmm. I mean, that makes a huge difference over time um, with the, you know, inflammation factors in your body. That's for, very, for right. That's very comforting to hear, to know that it's like a baby step accumulation. I have seen, um, you know, women like, for example, in Facebook groups, they just get diagnosed and they're like, I'm so overwhelmed. What should I do? What supplement should I take? You know, how should I live? Um, And that can be very overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, especially that that question of what supplements that I should Mm -hmm. take. Mm -hmm. That's why I always feel like, um, you know, take a deep breath with the supplements and really just start by focusing on, you know, making sure you're nourishing yourself with lots of plant-based foods. Uh, You can't out supplement a bad diet. I'm sure you've probably heard people say that before. And I truly believe that. So, Mm. you know, don't get too caught up in all the supplements for PCOS. You know, yes, there are things that can definitely, you know, help shift things, but you have to start with with the food that you're putting into your mouth because food re- truly has the power to heal. Um, and, and you know, you 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 and I studied uh, nutrition at the same place, and you know, we know that we we really need to look at the produce section of the grocery store as <laughs> our pharmacy. And 
Um, I think to me, that's kind of the first step is just to get more nutrient rich food into your diet. Nice. Yeah. I, when you said about the produce in the supermarkets, I'm glad you brought that up because I recently did um, a few mini episodes about, you know, what we should buy the supermarket right now, um, especially during like this whole quarantine thing. And when I go there, the whole produce aisle is full, right? Of like food and vegetables and everyone's like kind of clamoring for the canned goods. So I'm glad you brought that up. It's like, it's like a shift. Okay. Go back to the vegetables people. I know. I know at my grocery store, there wasn't a bottle of ketchup to be Mm -hmm. found, but (laughs) there were plenty of, you know, tomatoes. Yeah. Oh, that's um, crazy. Yeah. So you're one of the many success stories of um, PCOS women having children. You have two beautiful boys. No, you have a boy and a girl, right? I actually have three three children. Oh, you have three. Okay, so you do have two beautiful boys and a girl. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So can you actually speak to us more about um, fertility and PCOS? Uh, About fertility and PCOS, yeah. You know, I think a lot of women with PCOS are told at a very... Um, you know, or at diagnosis by their doctor that it, they won't have kids. I've heard that from so many women, or it'll be very difficult for them to have children. Um, and I think these poor women take that throughout their life that, you know, that one doctor visit and what the doctor said during that visit, and it becomes their tr- truth. And it be kind of often becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. I want to just let women know that there's a tremendous amount of hope for women with PCOS to get pregnant and have a healthy pregnancy. Um, You know, it might take more work, it might take some intervention. um, But I have, in my experience now, over 10 years of working with women with PCOS, the majority of women can and do get pregnant and have healthy pregnancies. Um, I, my experience, um, I had fertility issues um, and I was diagnosed with PCOS as a result of trying to get pregnant with my second child. I, I was on Clomid and one, one round of Clomid, um, which is an ovulation inducing um, drug. Mm-hmm. I was able to get pregnant with my first son, but my second son, I had, uh, it, it took many, many rounds of Clomid. Um, I was at the point when it was like the last round where uh, if this didn't work, then I would have to go um, you know, to more of an IVF approach. But lo and behold, I did get pregnant. Um, and it wasn't until after the birth of that second child that I really couldn't go back on the birth control pill. It made me feel worse than ever. Um, I tried and I just couldn't do it. I couldn't uh, go back on metformin because I had a lot of um, side effect GI issues, which a lot of women with do as a result of you know trying metformin mm-hmm. so i had to find another way to manage my pcos so that's when i was really experimenting with with over time with changing my diet with changing the way i moved my body and and my mindset and adding supplements and 
um, getting more sleep and reducing stress and making all of these really healthy lifestyle changes. And when I was 37, I became pregnant and it was a huge surprise because doctors um, had, when I was 17, told me they were going to have to jump through hoops to get me pregnant. And that um, basically became true, you know, trying to get pregnant with that second child. And then after they, they told me I probably would never get pregnant again without some type of intervention. And then at 37, after really uh, healing my body, I became pregnant with my daughter and, um, and she's now 11. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. congrats. That, if that is not powerful, I don't know what is. Like, oh, that's so great. Um, and I think that really, you know, kind of dispels the whole myth about infertility and PCOS. Um, did you have to do a lot of like, you know, hormone testing right before you wanted to conceive? Uh, well, I, I mean, not with my daughter, but with when I was trying to get pregnant mm -hmm. with my son, they were like monitored Clomid cycles where I'd go in for an ultrasound to see how many follicles had developed. Right. And, yeah. um, and then I was taking some shots and, mm -hmm. you know, it was pretty, it, it was pretty intensive. Um, yeah, it must be pretty stressful. Oh, it's, it's, yes, it was, um, it was a very stressful time in my life and, um, I, I have a lot of empathy for women going through that fertility journey um, mm. because it, it is a very difficult, uh, was a very difficult time. But I can tell you that there's a lot more resources that, out there now than there were when, when I was going through it. Um, there's a lot of great fertility, um, natural fertility experts out there. There's, you know, a lot of supplements and um, different things that you can do, like acupuncture um, is been shown to really help with um, infertility for women with PCOS. There's different mind-body practices. Um, there's a there's a wonderful a company called Circle and Bloom, and they put out these great meditations for PCOS and for fertility. Oh, uh, that would be good. something, yeah, mm -hmm. to, to check out. Um, and there's, you know, some uh, great fertility docs that are online. Uh, there's a Dr. Mark Sklar. He's out of San Diego, and he's an acupuncturist, um, but he has a great um, fertility online fertility site uh, there's another great fertility guru her name's amy Ropp, and she's um out of new york city and she's written some great books about fertility there, there's just there's just so many resources out there now and you just got to kind of be a diva and um you know seek seek them out yeah, I think there's a lot of, there's more embracing of like holistic health now, you know, like embracing like the Eastern medicine, the whole acupuncture mm -hmm. thing, and also more, I think more and more people are getting to the whole like natural alternatives and herbs and stuff like that. So you're right, I feel like there's a lot more resources and hope now for women with people. Yeah. And, and I just want to add to, I think it's so important to track your cycle. Mm -hmm. uh, that's how I was initially diagnosed was just through the act of kind of tracking my cycle. And now there's so many great tr 
cycle tracking tools out there. And one that I wanted to especially mention is the OvuSense fertility monitor. And it is, um, is proven to predict ovulation in women with PCOS the 99% accuracy. So if you're trying to get pregnant um, and you're really not sure if you're ovulating or when you're ovulating, you'll look into the OvaSense fertility tracker because that will help you to be more informed and uh, and I think, you know, more successful. Good to know um, because most of the apps and like monitors, they don't really cater to PCOS cycles, right? Right. Um, it, but this, this particular um, monitor, it measures your internal body temperature. Mm -hmm. It's, um, you use a probe that it's kind of, it sort of looks like a tampon, I guess you'd say. And it's, you, you take your vaginal temperature overnight. You leave this probe in overnight. It's like a medical grade silicon and it actually connects. Then you download the data, um, and it connects to your, like an iPhone app. Um, and it all synchronizes to your iPhone. And you can, and the great thing about it too, is you can take that data into your doctor um, so they can really see what's happening, like, you know, almost in real time. Right. Um, but, and, and the OvaSense, um, the folks that made that uh, medical device, they've been doing some research on their own and they actually uh, put out a paper at last year's, um, uh, American Society of Reproductive Medicine conference that they have noticed that women with PCOS have um, longer cycles. Um, mm -hmm. So they're, you know, they're typically not ovulating like around day 14 um, because of PCOS, their cycles are longer and they've been able to kind of determine that based upon, you know, the data that they're, um, they've been able to, you know, collect mm -hmm. in from you know women with PCOS, but it's it's a great monitor, um, and I I highly re recommend you know adding that to your toolbox um, when you're trying to conceive or having trouble conceiving with PCOS. That's cool. I'm definitely gonna check it out <laughs> once we're done here, um, and I'm gonna add it to the show notes. So based on this, you know, whole talk about adding it to our toolkit. What's basically in our PCOS toolkit, like resources-wise? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, as I'm sitting here, I have a huge um, box of essential oils. You know, I, I think that women, stress really wreaks havoc on PCOS. So a lot of the tools in my toolkit have to deal with managing stress for me. <laughs> so um, oils that help me to de-stress de and sort of rebalance. I like geranium. I like clary sage, lavender. Um, those are oils that are really soothing for me. And I, you know, will put them like in a blend or I'll take a, I call it a detox bath with um, Epsom salt, which is full of magnesium. Mm -hmm. um, which, I love that. Which, yeah. 
And that's um, a, a typical nutrient deficiency for women with PCOS. We tend to have, um, we're actually, women with PCOS are 19 times more likely to have a magnesium deficiency. So, um, and magnesium, we kind of churn through that when we're stressed. So replenishing magnesium with some um, essential oils for relaxation, it kind of helps me sleep better. That's, that's something that's in my toolkit. Um, I also like CBD oil. Uh, I've written about that on my site. A lot of women with PCOS have anxiety and I'm one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, and that kind of adds to stress and CBD definitely in those heightened moments of anxiety really helped me. Um, you know, I take that orally. Um, so that's in my toolkit. Um, you know, other different supplements, um, and then things like uh, as simple as a sleep mask, you know, making sure that my eyes aren't exposed to light, which uh, at nighttime, which diminishes melatonin and melatonin's um, something that women with PCOS tend to be low in. Um, so, you know, making sure that I'm kind of sleeping in a very dark uh, room and, and using a sleep mask if um, I don't, if I can't get it dark enough, that's another tool in my toolkit. But um, yeah, I, I think that those tools are really integral to um, helping manage PCOS. I like the part about the sleep hygiene and mm -hmm. making sure we have like enough melatonin to you know, give us deep sleep, because I've also heard that um, if our circadian rhythm is kind of disrupted with too much stress hormone, it affects our menstrual cycle as well. And that's already yeah. kind of disrupted in PCOS, right? Yeah, and um, circadian rhythm, it's, um, it is already disrupted in PCOS. And I have a great article um, uh, on my site written by Dr. Felice Gersh about circadian rhythm. Oh, and cool. one of the best, yeah, so check that out. Maybe you could put that in your, sh mm -hmm. in your show notes. Oh, yeah, um, okay. But one of the best things that you can do to help kind of rebalance the rhythm is to make sure that your eyes get exposure to, to early morning sunlight. Um, so, you know, I've uh, tried to I kind of got in the bad habit over the winter of sleeping late. And of course, you know, I live up here in New Hampshire and it's so, the mornings are so, are so dark. Um, and I was kind of missing the sunrise. Um, but now that we're in spring and um, I feel like I've rebalanced my cycle and I'm getting up earlier. So I come down and I have every morning I start my day off with some hot water and lemon and I sit next to the window and watch the sunrise. And just that act of getting that early morning sunlight in your eyes and then trying to get out uh, in the afternoon and getting mm -hmm. that like noonday light and then trying to get that um, you know, dusky sunset light as well. Just exposing your light, your eyes to light at those different intervals of the day can really help to reset that circadian clock. Nice. And that's something yeah. pleasurable to do. It's like really easy and it, it will make a huge difference in, in how you sleep um, and, and how you feel. That totally makes sense to me. It makes sense because like if we, you know, like some people who travel and who combat jet lag, 
they kind of expose themselves to sunlight uh, in the countries that they land so that you know the bodies can get used to the time of day there and then also eating with like I mean eating at the time where um, most people are eating to kind of get the bodies in balance so that yeah that makes a lot of sense to me and it sounds very relaxing to do yeah, I mean, it's something that doesn't cost anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's pleasurable. So what are some aspects of PCOS that you have struggled with the most? Like it's hard to wrap your head around. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I, you know, I think for a lot of women, the hair issues, especially hair oh, loss. Yeah, totally. Is so difficult. Um, And I had, that was one of the first symptoms of my PCOS when I was a teenager was hair loss. And I remember my mom taking me to a dermatologist and getting a like scalp biopsy, like trying to figure out what was Mm -hmm. going on. And throughout my life, I've had, I've struggled with hair loss, especially during times of really um, acute stress. And I realized that I've, you know, ten, not only have like the, when my androgens were high, had the, um, you know, al- the androgenic alopecia, mm-hmm. but under times, which is uh, hair loss driven by those elevated androgens. But I also had um, androgenic, I'm sorry, um, alopecia, um, that was driven by stress. Um, And, you know, after the stressful uh, experience, about six to eight weeks later, I would experience a huge shed. So that's why I have these tools to try to manage my stress levels. Right. I don't um, have stress-related hair loss. Right. You're targeting basically an upstream root cause so you don't get like the downstream effect. Yeah. Right. So right now I, my hair uh, is really good. Like I've, I've got it under control. A big shift for me several years ago, I, I experimented with so many different uh, natural shampoo products. Like I was really um, jumped on board the no poo movement, like the, with baking soda, like shampoo, you know, Mm. um, I, I mean, I tried so many different things, but, uh, a follower, um, or, you know, somebody that, um, what, or one of my PCUSD is had mentioned that she had had a lot of luck with hairline, uh, um, products called Morocco method. And I thought that I would check them out. She was raving about them. And they are all um, mud-based shampoos. And they don't, they're like the no poo, they don't um, suds up. And mm-hmm. they're all um, based with natural ingredients and, you know, no parabens or, or fragrance. Um, and they have made a, the hugest difference in the quality of my hair and I don't get the seasonal shed that I used to as well. Mm-hmm. Like I think most people, um, their hair cycles and you shed in the fall and the spring. And I do still have a little bit, but not to the, the um, 
the dramatic extent. Yeah, yeah. extent that I used to. Oh, that's so, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And, and I used to, my hair loss was so bad that I used to have to wear hair pieces to kind of mm-hmm. cover my scalp. So mm-hmm. um, that you didn't really notice it and different like hair, um, like the keratin fibers kind of cover my hairline that was really exposed. Mm-hmm. So, or my part line, but I don't have to do that anymore because the, the Morocco method shampoos, um, you know, I've had a lot of luck and I've actually just combined them with some essential oils as well. So in the morning I add essential oil blend that has like rosemary and thyme. Um, and I think that's helping as well. So that would make yeah. your hair smell fabulous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess that was a kind of a roundabout answer, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, hair loss was definitely my cross that I've had to bear. <laughs> Yeah, I think the hair piece is a big one for a lot of us. Not, I mean, hair loss, yes, but also all that excessive hair growth. So for me, I don't have the hair loss, but I have like a little bit of excessive hair growth. I think mine is more of like the acne that comes with higher levels of androgens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I do appreciate that you're sharing resources about the whole. hair issues and I think it really affects PCOS women because it's part of our body image right like it will add on so much emotional stress um yeah well it's really a sign of femininity to have this beautiful like you know lock of hair um and I think that that's where PCOS really you know it kind of attacks our sense of femininity and that's mm-hmm. something that we need to work to reclaim and if for me you know that meant if I had to wear a hair piece to mm-hmm. feel beautiful um for myself you know that's what I did and it definitely helped me um with that sort of psychological aspect of having PCOS that is a prime example of being a diva and <laughs> just reclaiming that I love it mm-hmm. Um, what is one thing about PCOS that is not often talked about? I know we talked about uh, pretty much a lot of things right now, but is there anything that you feel like it's kind of underrated? Well, yeah, you know what? I, and I wrote my last chapter of my book about this, and I don't think anybody really considers the upsides of PCOS. Um, that there are some advantages of having PCOS. There are? Please, please tell us. <laughs> well, there is a naturopath doctor uh, that I had the, the um, pleasure to speak to very early on in my journey. Like, gosh, back in, this is before my daughter was born. So probably like 2005 or so. Mm-hmm. And she, her name's Dr. Nancy Dunn. She works out of um, Montana. She's a naturopath. And I remember her kind of giving me a little pep talk about um, the advantages of being a high androgen insulin resistant woman. And she talked about when you're uh, uh, and I actually, this would be a good show note as well. We did a podcast about this topic as well as she wrote a, um, an article about P- 
PCOS, but about the wealth of PCOS and the upsides. Um, but women with PCOS, uh, she said that we're really made to survive. That, uh, I don't know if you've ever looked at the research that was done um, about, um, I'm trying to think of the doctor's name, Ricard, Dr. Ricardo Aziz. He wrote a great uh, paper about PCOS being an ancient disorder mm -hmm. and that women with PCOS really are born to survive. We were survive because oh, of I've our thrifty Right. Yeah, because of our thrif thrifty genotype, that this made us more likely to survive than women without PCOS during times of food deprivation, and because we were less likely to expend um, as much energy. And we also may have stronger bones. There was um, an analysis done in 2000 that showed that women with high androgen levels um, had greater bone density, and uh, we have a lower risk of osteoporosis. There was a study done in 2013 that showed that women with PCOS have superior visual spatial skills. They think it's because of that high androgen um, aspect. Mm -hmm. We also have more muscle strength. You know, we, that's why weightlifting is such a good way to move our bodies, because a lot of us were kind of built to lift, you know, heavy weights mm -hmm. because we, we are really strong. Um, there's been research done that women with higher androgen levels um, and elevated cortisol levels, which, which we also have, it makes us better leaders. Um, that the research suggests that feedback networks between the brain and hormones um, work to help us to be more assertive and we take you know riskier jobs so you know we might be more likely to um you know be entrepreneurs like you and i are <laughs> um, right yeah so, oh. mm -hmm. yeah so there, there's a lot of positive aspects of having pcos that i think nobody ever really talks about or may be aware of oh yeah definitely everything you talked about some I've heard before, but some I haven't, like the whole part about being assertive. Um, that's actually really nice to hear. Um, I think PCOS is often talked about in a way where women feel like they're so overwhelmed or, you know, they can't get pregnant or something um, that's kind of like not enabling. So hearing you, you know, mention all of this, it's very motivating. It's very inspiring. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. So on that note, I think that will be a great way to kind of round up the episode on a, on a positive note. Um, I just have one fun question for you right now. So I know we're all staying home. Um, you know, we're kind of like managing our symptoms. Um, what is one creative project you're up to right now? Oh, gosh. Um, honestly, I'll be quite honest with you. I'm yeah. homeschooling my my 11 year old daughter. That's pretty and, creative. Uh -huh. um, it's, you know what? It's been creative, but it's been a great learning 
process because, you know, I'm learning all kinds of cool things about, um, you know, things I've forgotten about. Uh, we talked, we learned about the French Indian War yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, I'm learning about um, biomes and ecosystems. So I think right now, you know, keeping her on track and, um, you know, helping her is sort of my creative outlet right now. <laughs> That's so cute. I love that. <laughs> um, yeah, we forget so much about, I don't know, like creative facts, I guess, that was uh, back in school. So anyway, um, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm definitely going to get some links from you from what we talked about. Um, and if people want to find you and find your work, where can they find you? I'm at pcosdiva.com is my blog and website and uh, you can access my podcast from there or it's available on iTunes or SoundCloud. Um, I'm also on social media, on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and Pinterest and all of those handles are pcosdiva as well. Okay, awesome. You're just everywhere. That's, that's oh, so I good. Know. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you for having, you know, thank you for taking your time to be on the show. I think it was great. I hope people would actually learn a lot from you. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me.